Hi, guys. It's MK. Welcome back to What's Up Grimes. I'm here with the lovely Jen. Hey. And our special guest, Kate Pending. She's an artist. Tell us about yourself, Kate. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. I think the podcast is absolutely brilliant, by the way. So I'm super glad you guys have got that like set up and running. I really enjoy it. So it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, So yeah, my name's Kate. I go by the uh, artist name of Kate Pending. um, And I've been making like digital art for the last five years or so since I got like a digital drawing pad. And I was making art before that as well. Um, But the digital drawing pad is like a game changer. It can make like the possibilities endless, which is amazing. It's so much easier than pen on paper because you can change things, you know? That one line that can change the structure of the face is no longer that one line, like you can draw 10 times until you get like a really perfect line. So I've been making um, collages, illustrations, um, animations, and more recently AI art as well. Um, And I'm a massive Grimes fan and I find her photos and stuff like super inspirational. So I've drawn a couple of drawings of her as well. Um, And part of that was like me wanting to learn how to draw faces better and hands, because I find both really challenging. And she's got so many pictures. She loves her hands in the pictures, doesn't she? She's always got her hands up around her face. And she's always like striking some sort of cool pose where, I don't know, the, the angle is just cool. Like this one where she sits in a chair and she's holding up this gun and the gun is like the angle that the photo's been taken from makes the gun look super, super long. And I just love yes. the perspective. And like, I just see that and it's just like super inspirational. And then I think, well, if I need a muse, isn't she the perfect one? So yeah, I've done a couple Great. of drawings of her and then thought to myself, well, I can't just draw her, can I? So I've kind of um, gone and been drawing some other girls' faces and things recently as well. Um, often towards the sort of like cyborg, androidy style, like very futuristic. Yeah. Cause I love my sci-fi and dystopian stuff, you know? Yeah. Blade Runner style, cyberpunk stuff, really cool. Yeah, I, that's actually, that's funny that you said Blade Runner because I was looking at your futuristic series and it's oh, yeah. very much like a hybrid of Blade Runner and like Alien. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's kind oh, of yeah. like the vibe I wanted to get across as well. So that's amazing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rabbit trail real quick, lady. Sorry, but you yeah. mentioned Grimes' hands, Kate, and that's so ironic you said that because I just noticed the other day, first of all, she has very unique hands. I mm-hmm. don't know what that's about beyond just the tattoos. She has really? very, have you ever, like, Kate notices it. Is it just me? She's, I think, so she used to do a lot of ballet, right? When yeah. she was a kid. Yeah. And I wonder if that's part of it because there's like, there's an elegance to her hands. You know, the, yes. hands, the fingers are long. It's almost like she's modeling and she's kind of stretching everything out. And I wonder if that's kind of where it comes from. Like there's an artistry there. And yes. I wonder how much of that is like embedded from that. I don't know. Yeah. And I just noticed the other day, she does like this in a lot of her photos. And I- Like the gun hand. Yeah, I love but, that. Yeah. I feel like she talked about it in an interview, possibly, and my brain just cannot remember what that symbolizes, but she does it all the time. And it's just so ironic that you touched on that because I had been randomly noticing Grimes' hands. That makes me sound creepy, but I've noticed (laughs) that too. It's not like it's feet. That's true. If it was feet, (laughs) I'd lose followers or gain them. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Mixed batch. Who knows? But let's go back to Kate's art. I have so much that I want to ask you about because I've been on your page for a very long time. I want to say over a year. Um, We had to have met on the Instagram community at some point. Um, And a lot of your art, it's very much my aesthetic. If you can see all my galaxy stuff that I I love, 
And you do a lot of astronauts, but with different people's faces yeah. in, in the little like cutout of the, the head. How did you get yeah. started on, you know, forming your own unique perspective with, with your art? Well, I think the, I always wanted to be able to get good at the kind of faces. So that was like part of the main thing why I ended up going into the faces. And I've always been obsessed with kind of space, astronaut, galaxy themes as well. You know, it kind of all fits in with the kind of futuristic stuff. And yeah. so then I thought I could kind of combine the two together and bring out the kind of space feel, that feel of like exploration, that feeling of like we're going on an adventure exploring while also focusing on the faces and trying to get those in. And then I thought I could do it a little bit more abstract as well. So I've kind of expanded from the faces and tried to put other patterns on there or like um, reflection. So it looks almost like the astronaut is kind of looking at like a whimsical scene that he's seeing in space somewhere and that's reflecting back on the visor. Um, and, you know, it's been, what's really cool is that I've seen the progression myself. Um, you know, when I started, I don't think I was that great and I don't have any training so it's all kind of self-taught but I can see that with the practice just sitting down and doing something on a regular basis that over the course of a couple of years that the technique is getting better and that it's easier you know I'm not sure the quality looks any different in the end but I'm also getting there a bit faster so some of these things take quite a while because like the astronaut suit alone so I drew that with the digital drawing pad and then what you're doing is like creating layers and layers and layers on top of each other. And I think like just the suit alone in the background is probably like 80 layers, something like wow. that. Yeah. So like, yeah, once you get everything kind of lined up, then it all kind of works well. And then you've got that as a template and you can kind of work other things into it, swap in faces, swap out designs, things like that. Yeah, so. that is so cool. How did you get started? You mentioned that you had just started with the, the digital art or the NFT world. Mm -hmm. How did you start drawing and creating? Was this something you did when you were young? Um, I always did quite a bit as a kid. I always loved drawing. So I did a lot of like pencil and pen sketches. And then I think that probably stopped when I was around like 17 or so for a while. My life took a bit more of like an academic path. And I went off to university and then started working. and. I probably didn't really commit to any sort of art for about eight, 10 years. And, you know, at the end of that time, I was like, I really felt like something was missing in my life and I was feeling really like a bit sad and depressed and it wasn't the job per se. It was just yeah. that there was that like outlet that was missing that creative spark. And so I decided, you know, I need to do something just for me, just for myself so that I can feel like I'm still growing and developing and doing something that, you know, it's not just watching Netflix in the evening where I can actually see a product at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then because of that, like got the digital drawing pad and also got Ableton as well, you know, the software for making music, same one yes. as Grimes. Uh, so I got those two things and that has just like opened a window of possibilities. It's amazing because what I can do between those two things can keep me busy for years. And so as soon as I got those things set up, I just started trying to like in the evenings, if I, even if I'm feeling tired, take the 20 minutes, get my stuff set up and then make something just for an hour or two. And then I feel that kind of self-satisfaction um, that sometimes is missing when I don't do that. So even yeah. if it doesn't feel great at the time, it's about how it makes you feel afterwards and how you know you spent your time. And I think that that's like, it can be super rewarding. 
Yeah. As a kid, you know, we're involved in so many different extracurricular activities and art that, you know, you don't really notice something's missing until you're older and life happens and then something's not there. You know, you don't have that creative exercise you're doing every day to kind of feed that need. So um, when you actually transitioned to, to the digital pad, Mm-hmm. Um, what what brought you there? Like what what made you decide to to purchase that and explore that? That would be my partner. So he, my I should say husband, but I still, the word still sounds weird to me. It sounds like too stiff and grown up. So, but but yeah, he is my husband. So yeah, my my husband had had one, and I just like, and he's a, he's an artist and a designer, and like I could see what he could do with that, and I just thought, oh God, if I can I can get on that boat, that will make things so much easier because I can take the same image and I can spend three months on it. And if I don't like certain parts of it, I can just delete them all and start again. Whereas when something's on a canvas, that's just not really an option. You know, I never really thought about selling any art before. It was always just something that I did for myself in my own time. And then I kind of learned a little bit about the NFT scene and I thought, okay, well, just as a complete experiment, I'll get a Twitter set up and recently set it up, set up an Instagram as well. And just thought, okay, I'll share these things and just see how it goes. And I'm actually like, it's been amazing because the NFT community, like they're super supportive. Everyone's so lovely. I've made friends with so many nice people across the world who are all so talented. Um, and it's really nice to see that people appreciate what you make as well. Like I never expected to have anything over a thousand followers anywhere. So like, I mean, the whole experience has been super cool. Um, And I I mean, I've been lucky enough to sell a few pieces, but that's really not the end goal for me. The whole thing is just more of an experiment, just just to see how it goes basically. Yeah. And I mean, either way, I'm going to be making the art because I think it's a good thing for me to do, but then having positive feedback from people that you don't even know is like, it's a bit of encouragement, you know? It's like encouragement to keep going and like try to get better and try to keep improving and show people what you can do. Absolutely. And and I love, before we segue, I love what you were just saying and what MK was just talking about where um, Kate is also in her 30s as well as me and MK, some grown adult grown ladies. Grown adult ladies. Yeah. Hanging out on a Friday um, <laughs> late. <laughs> Um, but anyway, that's why MK and I even started this podcast was because there was something missing and I obviously had my memes page, but that's not the same as engaging yourself intellectually, um, or, or having that like social outlet and feeling like there's another part of myself outside of what I do for work, which is really tough as you get older. So love that. That segues us to the NFTs because when MK and I really wanted to do an, an NFT episode and we were both like. What is that? <laughs> huh? <laughs> and then when we Googled it, we both sat here and we're like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> so Kate, we're really hoping you can explain to us what an okay. NFT is. In grown adult layman's terms. Yes. Please. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, I'll do my best. So NFT, first of all, it stands for non-fungible token. That's already a bit of a mouthful and already not like super helpful. So I guess first of all, you have to know what fungible means. So like something that's fungible means that one thing is is worth the same as another. So if you look at like fiat currencies, you look at dollars, pounds, euros, one pound, one pound, right? One dollar is one dollar. And if you look at cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, something like that, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. Non-fungible means that each thing has its own 
worth or its own price. So it's essentially it's a piece of art on the new internet um, that is, yeah, can be worth a different price to the next piece of art. Now, NFTs aren't just art, it can be anything. So at the moment, the whole space focuses mostly on art, digital art, but I think um, music is becoming a big thing. So lots of people are starting to make their music into NFTs. Um, and there's even been a couple of people, I think, who have like started trying to put their houses for sale as NFTs. So the reason right, for this, so basically where this all comes from. So this whole space, the umbrella name for this whole space, like NFTs, blockchain, is like Web3. Um, and Web3, so right now what we're using is like Web2, internet. And that basically means that we are using an internet that is run by a few large companies that kind of have control over everything, more or less, you know. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And the idea of Web3 is basically a kind of decentralized idea. So you're giving power back to the user. So for example, if I wanted to buy a piece of art from you, that I'd be able to buy it directly from you rather than us having to use, say, Etsy or something as like a middleman. Um, so the idea is kind of, yeah, give power back to the user um, through decentralization. And the reason like blockchain is in there is because when you make an NFT, you're making a piece of digital art that gets recorded on the internet. So as soon as like you load it on there, it's like given an ID and then any transactions for that piece of art are recorded permanently. So if you sell it to somebody or transfer it to somebody, there's a record of that. Whenever those records, um, whenever there's enough of those records, say 10,000 records, they're bundled into a block and then that's considered block one. And every transaction that ever happens on that blockchain is then recorded after that and they all get set into little blocks. So that means there's like a permanent record of where this item started and every movement it's ever made. So it could be super interesting from like a housing point of view and things as well, because there's like all over the world, there's, you know, disputes about like, who owns what land and if yeah. you can have a permanent record that shows clearly who owns it that could be really interesting and from a crypto point of view like there's a lot of people that don't have bank accounts and so then i think crypto could be really useful for them because they can buy in have money and they don't have to worry about getting approval from a bank to have it they can actually be the owners of their own money so Blocked, like, I don't know how well I explained that. Okay. Very so. well. No, yes, yeah. but it's blowing my mind. <laughs> Very well. And like you said, Kate, I was looking at how, you know, not just homes, but also there's in-game assets such as digital plots yeah. of land that you can purchase. Um, it's yes. in film now, starting in 2018. Mm -hmm. Apparently, uh, there were Deadpool 2 digital posters that were used to promote the film that were available as, as a form of NFT. I yeah. mean that that's crazy. Yeah, I think it's 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 a super interesting space. Like, I I like the idea of the whole space. I like the idea of things being more kind of peer to peer based and not so centralized. Mm -hmm. Um, and excuse me, and in, in so like the normal internet, we have this kind of established this internet where we've set up all these websites and then we've gone back and like later integrated pay systems, you know, PayPal or ways to buy things with credit cards. With the whole web3 space it's kind of the reverse so these blockchains are set up with a digital currency so there's a big bitcoin blockchain and ethereum blockchain and then everything else is built on top of that so it's like it's the reverse way around so you have the payment structure already there and then you're building on top of that so then 
you're building applications which are like where you can sell your art or where you can game. And yeah, there's loads of um, play to earn games as well. So people can actually use their NFTs. So it actually has utility. So rather than just having a piece of art that you hold on to, you can you can use it. So there was a game called, what's a good example? Axie Infinity. It was really big last year. Mm-hmm. And it's like these cute little alien things and they all have different um, qualities and they fight, right? So you have three per side or something and you buy your Axie, but you don't have to actually use it. So you buy your Axie and then you can rent it to like a gamer who plays this all the time. This gamer will use your Axie, play for you, and if he wins, you get a proportion of the profits. Oh, is that the game that Grimes talked about in her TikTok? The one that she was talking about where you can actually earn, I think it was somewhere in Asia, she was talking about there's this game where people are actually playing and earning Mm -hmm. a living. Is it that game? It it probably was Axie. There's a few like that, yeah. Um, and, and they're expanding, so I was waiting because I love chess, right? So mm-hmm. I've just been waiting for like a real game like chess to, not that Axie's bad, no offense to anyone who loves Axie, sorry. Um, but yeah, I was just waiting for like, you know, a game that's been around for forever to be integrated. And like just a couple of weeks ago, an NFT chess thing came up. So it's called like Immortal Chess. And I think it's the same idea that you can pay to, uh, yeah, play to earn. Um, but obviously you've got to be quite good. There's already like world masters and stuff on there. And yeah, I can't believe I didn't know about any of this. Like this has never been in my world. (laughs) Yeah. MK and I both were like, I don't know what what this is. And as I was even reading about the basics of NFT, I was surprised reading about all this. So if you don't mind, Kate, can you break down for us? You decided you wanted to get into this. Yeah. How did you do it? Like, how does one get an NFT out there? What's the process? Yeah. So first of all, you have to have a little bit of crypto. So a little bit of like digital money. Um, it's your choice what you buy. None of this is financial advice, by the way. Um, uh, <laughs> so you, exactly. Um, so yeah, you basically need to find, first of all, an exchange. Um, an exchange is somewhere, somewhere that you can basically upload your dollars and then decide which cryptos you want to buy. Most of the stuff at the minute is running on Ethereum. I mean, there's, there's lots. There's like Polkadot and Solana and Cardano, which will be running like NFTs very soon as well. I mean, the, the whole space is going to be quite big and there's going to be a lot on offer, but Ethereum is still kind of the main player at the moment. So you basically need to upload some money to an exchange, buy some Ethereum, then your Ethereum is in an exchange. Then what you need to do is get like an online wallet um, and send that money to an online wallet. Once it's in the online wallet, you then have access to basically any of the websites that will connect with that. So all those different websites selling NFTs, they've got like three or four different wallets that you can use to connect and then you register yourself there. Um, every platform has a different policy. Some you pay per piece to upload them. Some you pay like a one-off fee once, and then you can upload as many pieces as you want. Um, some of them take fees then as well when you sell a piece. Some don't seem to take as many. So you kind of have to, you know, go through the pros and cons of the different platforms. So I've got I'm only on two platforms at the moment because it takes a lot of time to kind of research these things and get them going and then once once it's up and going then you know everything's pretty easy which Um, sites are you on so i'm using OpenSea at the minute which is probably one of the biggest um it's quite nice because you only pay once when you sign up and you can put as many pieces of art on there as you like and there's also like um a creator fee that you can set so for example if i sell a piece 
<laughs> the first time I'll get the price, I'll get the money. The second time I can get a percentage of it. So if they sell that piece of art onto somebody else, I can get like five or ten percent, something like that. You can set that fee and see how much you want as for secondary sales. So that's also quite cool. And so there's OpenSea and there's Foundation. I'm on Foundation as well. Um, and it was previously sort of invite only and quite a select community, but I think it's got a bit bigger now, which is which is good because I think, you know, these sites need to get the volume. They need to have more people using them and interested in them. Do you yeah. connect with other artists um, on these platforms or is it just on other social media? Like how do you, um, you know, talk to the other people in the community? Mostly through Twitter, I would say. Twitter seems to be the main hub as from what I can tell for sort of the NFT community. Um, with certain sites, like with Foundation, you can follow individual artists, but with OpenSea, you can't really do that, I don't think. Or at least I haven't been able to do it with ease. Um, so yeah, there's a way to connect with them there and all the handles are there as well. So if you find someone on one of these NFT platforms then you can link to their Twitter or their Instagram, which is quite good because then you can learn a little bit more about them, you know. <laughs> While I recognize this is a hobby for you, do you find that this has been lucrative for you or it gets you some nice gas money? How, how's it been? Oh, enough, enough that I would call it pocket money. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I can't complain. I wouldn't, you definitely can't live off it. Like I've earned maybe a, an equivalent of a one month salary in 18 months. Whatever. So, it's still money. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's okay. That's it's a bit good. of money on the side. I can't complain. And I mean, that wasn't the goal of this in any way. So, yeah. So it's nice happy. when it yeah. wasn't your goal to make money, but your hobby just happens to be a way that you can also make a little bit of pocket cash for, you know, going out to eat once in a while off your own yeah. salary. I think that's great. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, I mean, yeah. that's fascinating. So, Go ahead, MK. Uh, before we we started recording, you guys had briefly discussed something about NFTs impacting the environment, and I have no idea what that means. So please do tell. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it's not a dead simple topic, but like I suppose as an overview, basically what they're talking about is how much electricity the blockchains need in order to function. So every blockchain is a little bit different. So like Bitcoin is the original, like the first blockchain, the first asset that's been used, that's been sold. Their whole system is considered a little bit slower and older and clunkier maybe than some of the newer blockchains. Um, and they, when, when a transaction goes through, like if, I don't know, if I buy some Bitcoin on an exchange, then that that is recorded, and then for that for these, and then I sell it to somebody else or whatever. These transactions all have to be verified to make sure that they can go through. Mm -hmm. So in order to verify them, like they have different ways of verifying them. One's called like proof of work, proof of stake, proof of authority. Depending on which one you, which one they're using, it uses different electricity amounts. So proof of work is meant to be like the most secure, and I think the, the principle is basically like a transaction goes through. And for it to go through, it gets pinged out to say 20 different people, different computers. Their computer runs something in the background, checks that the transaction's legit. If all the 20 computers agree that that transaction's legit, the, the transaction goes through. So that uses a bit of background running power. 
And I think then different blockchains have maybe swapped from proof of work to proof of stake, which just means that the way they verify it, the number of computers they check it with will be slightly different. And then they'll be able to use less electricity. So that's where basically where it comes from. And because of that, then most of these blockchains are looking at how they can change the verification method so that it stays safe while being less intensive on the environment. You explained yeah. that perfectly because I had written yeah, down a, a few facts about it and you just hit on every single fact. I read following up on that, that to put it into perspective, the daily carbon footprint of Bitcoin, for example, and Bitcoin is a proof of work blockchain, like you just mentioned, is the equivalent of watching 57,000 hours of YouTube videos. And its daily electricity usage is equivalent to the amount of power in an average American household that they use over the course of 25 days. So it can be argued the environmental impact of NFTs is similar as it uses energy intensive computer transactions to authenticate and sell the art like you just explained. Of course, I knew none of this. I just saw people coming after Grimes occasionally on Twitter about it. Um, And so this makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it will become less energy intensive in the future and they're working on ways to do that. But I can also see that it does need to use a bit of electricity because you also need to make sure that everything is being done safely, that it's being verified properly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's not totally straightforward. And I think when you're comparing it to other things that we're doing in the world, like the expenditure is like quite low, but it's, it's just another point for people to jump on because I know some people, the space is still very new and there's still a lot of development. And when there's development anywhere, there's also doubters and there's also scammers. Um, and so, you know, it's just kind of watching how it goes, but hopefully that will get better with time. And we should also mention that Grimes is also into NFTs, right? So yes. I don't know, do you guys know she had an NFT drop last year, right? Yes, she did, right? Yeah. So I think from what I've read, she, um, she made something like six million which is yeah. absolutely insane. And that was in like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she had like a collection of videos and photos and some of them were like one-to-one. So it was like one edition, like one photograph or one image that she'd made. And I think one of those sold for like the same price as a house or something like 400,000. And then she had two videos that were like called Earth and Mars. Um, and yeah, there was quite a few copies of those sold, but I think those two videos alone, like. She basically made five million out of those in 20 minutes, which is absolutely insane. Um, the, the collection was really cool. I don't know if you guys have seen it. She made it with her brother. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. You, if you looked it up, all the little cherubs. Yeah. 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 I know that she mentions in an interview that Mac was the one, her brother, that really said, hey, let's jump on this when NFT was pretty new. Because from what mm-hmm. I read, NFT didn't really come onto the scene till 2014. Which seems yeah. so recent to me. I mean, I realized, I feel like 2014 was yesterday, but as a grand old lady. Too. But that seems yeah, so yeah. recent to me. Totally. Yeah. yeah. To not have heard about it really until, I feel like I didn't know what one was until last year, to be totally mm-hmm. honest. But I mean, it is, it is all still very new and all these platforms are new as well. Like, I mean, so they're all, like most of these things are running on the Ethereum network. That's only been around since 2014, 15, something like that. And then they're taking, they have to get the whole network established and then build these like apps on top of the network. So everything is new. I mean, I had only heard about them like maybe beginning of last year, which is kind of when I started doing my research. And then I kind of got into it around spring of last year. And I think it's only really been in the media for like six months or so, maybe a year. You hardly ever hear about it. Like why, why didn't, why haven't we heard about this? 
sooner, you know? Like, it seems like something that would be promoted at least by, like, you know, 2016, 2018, you know? Like, I, as someone that follows new trends, mm-hmm. you would think it would pop up somewhere. It's very, yeah, totally. like, almost like a secret society. I think it kind of follows the ebbs and flows of crypto a little bit. So, like, one of the things with crypto is because the whole space is so new. It's that it's also very turbulent. You're watching prices mm-hmm. like swing from highs to lows that are insane, you know. Um, and I guess then when NFT started entering the news was also when Bitcoin and Ethereum were at their all time high. So I think people were kind of like all very excited that it was at an all time high, thought it was going to go higher. And then they started mm-hmm. making NFTs and selling money and uh, making money off that. And then so suddenly all, everything was in the media and then everything crashed with the economical situation again, dropped back down really low. And suddenly no one's talking about it anymore. But it's going to go in ebbs and flows until it's a bit more established. And, you know, people believe in it a little bit more, I think. It's interesting that you said that because the first time I heard about NFTs was from Grimes because people were angry that she had made that $6 million off that because mm. I think at the time she must have been with Elon. And so that yeah. really pissed people off. Was she off. already with Elon? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's why people were so yeah. angry. And I remember seeing the comments on TikTok about it. And at the mm-hmm. time, I remember thinking, like, why is it anybody's business if she, you know, Earns financially, <laughs> yeah. like, financially gains from her art and I thought that was really strange at the time somebody's going to argue with me about this and then the next time I heard about NFTs I want to say it was EDC I think was the one where she dropped the last NFT which was War Nymph Mm -hmm. and I heard about that because I looked it up I was going to talk about it on a live stream on my page and there was like no information about it you could find like the company it came through and like how Mm -hmm. they dropped it and then nothing else. And then I didn't hear anything else about it after that. And I follow a lot of Grimes fan pages and I'm like, who has this? Yeah. Like, w- anyway, back to who the trend. Well, NFT. I'm, I'm surprised she hasn't done more as well because, you know, yeah. people obviously love her art. I know. And, like, it's one of the things I find amazing is that she's so sort of multifaceted. You know, it's not like most people have somebody that does everything you know they've got one person who does the art one person sings one yep. person's writing the song one person's playing the drums whatever you know she's doing this all herself and she's even like involved with you know the music videos and stuff sometimes too i find that like also inspirational yeah. and like how cool is it that she's able to be good enough that she can make her own art or her own album covers and stuff and so people like that right i mean i, th- I think that's amazing so and if she's doing so well with the art and people like it how come yeah, she hasn't done more NFT drops, especially because, I mean, what I read said that she'd made more from the NFTs than she had from her entire music career. Yeah. So if she wants to just make more music and she wanted like super elaborate music videos and things, then there's the money for it right there. I wonder if it's because she's concerned about the environmental impact because that's why she won't put out merch either is because she was so upset about the cost environmentally of the of the merch drop but i've wondered the same thing because if i was going to buy an nft it would Mm -hmm. for sure be from a grimes drop if i was going to buy one mk and i would figure it out together it would take us like three hours to figure out how to buy one (laughs) (laughs) that's right i can talk you through it probably longer the thing is that there is like other blockchains now that are focused on being green um you know that are much less heavy in terms of their expense and usage 
Um, like I think Solana is meant to be quite good. Tezos is meant to be, is always branded as like clean NFTs. So more and more things are going in this direction. They're not all as bad for the environment. So it depends again, like which verification method the blockchain is using, which one you're actually selling on. That makes yeah. sense. And humans adapt pretty quickly and pretty easily. So it wouldn't surprise me if this gets better over time. However, you just alluded to something that Crypto Aquarius um, talked to us about on his podcast. Kate, do you know who Victor is or Crypto Aquarius on Instagram? Um, I added him after I listened to you guys and uh, after I listened to the chat. Yeah, he seems Shout really out sweet. to Victor. Yeah, he's yeah. lovely. He's he's lovely. Very talented. Nineteen year old, might be twenty now. Brazilian artist, but he made his living off of NFTs and was talking about how it's dying. And you just alluded to this. And apparently, even though NFTs exploded in 2021, like like you mentioned, um, according to data from Non-Fungible, September of 2021, there were 225,000 NFTs that were sold every single day. However, wow. now it's down to 19,000 that are sold every day. That's a decrease of 92%. Additionally, the number of active wallets in the NFT market fell significantly down about 88%, which is significant. So like you said, I mean, it's, yeah. it's tanked. What I mean, is I think, causing I think, this? Is it is it just because, it, like you said earlier, it's just it's a new landscape that's ebbing and flowing, or kind of like the stock market almost? I definitely um, think that's part of it, hundred percent. And I reckon part of it is also, you know, the economical situation, like worldwide, well, generally doesn't seem to be so great at the minute, right? You know, we're mm-hmm. being told that our gas prices are going to be horrendous, our electricity prices are going to be horrendous. We're being told here already, like on the news not to have showers, like wash with the washcloth, keep your prices down. Like we get 80% of our gas from Russia, right? Um, And if everybody's in a situation where they're a little bit more pressed, prices are going up around them. Like we've noticed a significant increase around us and like how much it costs if we want to go out for dinner or something. Yeah. Um, And that's just in the last six months. So people are squeezed that little bit tighter. I suppose digital art is probably one of the first things that goes. I don't know if we mentioned this, um, but Kate is in Berlin and we're in the United States. And even in the U.S., it's amazing if you go out to eat, if you even go to like McDonald's, it's like 10 bucks for a meal at McDonald's, which is really due to inflation. But it is incredible how much prices have risen. So that makes sense that NFTs would follow that trend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's my, my thoughts. I'm not totally sure. But I would just think, you know, if you're a bit tight on money, then that's probably not the first place that you want to be spending it. No. Yeah. And I would imagine the 19,000 that are still being sold are people that are known. Like, I think Graham mm-hmm. Grimes sold what she made because she's Grimes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. a name, there's a brand attached totally. to it. Um, so I would assume that number is mostly people that are just famous, you know, that are getting into the this this new thing. Yeah, I imagine so, definitely. And there's certain certain uh, NFTs that have kind of like, you know, hit international trends. Like there's the Bored Apes Yacht Club where everyone has the picture of a monkey, different monkeys. Yes. And those were crazy for a while. I mean, people were spending like 100 ETH or more on one picture. And an ETH is like one and a half thousand or something in worth. So, and that's for like one oh, picture. For exactly. a picture of a monkey. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think the whole the idea of it before, the idea originally was like they were then going to have their own little metaverse space or something like a monkey island where you could go and your monkey could be like your avatar, I think. But then that never actually came to fruition. So it's just a lot of people with 
very expensive monkeys. Guaranteed um, Grimes owns one. Come on. You know Grimes <laughs> yeah, owns a monkey. She mm-hmm. might do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I know there are other really popular ones, and I can't think of the top of my head. Kate, do you remember? I know the monkey ones. I remember seeing those. But there's like others that have come on the scene from time to time that I've seen kind of float through the news. Yeah. I was just going to say the only one I've ever known is Nyan Cat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because my yeah. son, like, you know, you get stuck in your head. Like, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. They're cute, aren't they? <laughs> They're really cute. But again, same thing. Yeah. It's it's more of a trend than anything else. You know, I think those things take off and they go absolutely crazy. I don't know how long they can hold that for because I don't know who has that much money to spend on that sort of picture. But that's cool. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. you do you, folks. If you got money out there, yeah. A, you can share with MK and I. We will give you somebody's Venmo, um, either MK or my Venmo, if you'd like to donate to the Jen and MK NFT podcast. Go for it. Get, you guys are cryptocurrency set up. You, you know, you can set up your own crypto. So That would take us hours. You should see. Okay, so Kate, when, <laughs> when MK and I first tried to record, we set up our first podcast and we're like, okay, we're just going to show up. Oh, my God. And it Drive took us queen. 45 minutes and I'm on zoom every day for work, but it took us 45 minutes to like set up the zoom properly and like record it properly. It was embarrassing. I think <laughs> <laughs> we're both grown adult people who have worked remotely and know how to do these yeah. things. It just happen to not work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh. So we'll use you if we ever decide to do that. Yeah. Okay. We'll mm-hmm. use you. But I, I want to go back a little bit to, to Grimes because mm. we'd be remiss if we didn't talk some Grimes of, um, mm. and your love for Grimes. So, Kate, tell us a little bit about how you found Grimes. Mm. I don't know exactly how I found her. I've always had quite an eclectic music taste. I know where I was at the time. I was living in Bristol in the south of England and I found her and I just went down this little rabbit hole. Like, So it was around the time Visions came out and I remember watching like Genesis and I just thought that video was like so cool you know her just meeting some people at a party being like I'm filming a video do you want to be in it they all just drive out to the desert like randomly dancing and stuff in the desert and then she sets that sword on fire and stuff I was like this is epic um and then I saw Oblivion and that like as well like when she's standing there in that cute little tutu and like those muscly men are in the background, like pumping iron <laughs> mm-hmm. in their towels. And I was like, I don't know, there's just something about the contrast and aesthetic. And I was like, this yeah. is amazing. Who is this girl? Um, and then I just like started watching all the videos I could, every little interview and like all these live shows. And I think two of my favorite were like, um, there's the one where she plays on the rooftop in Mexico City. Yes, mm-hmm. Crystal um, Ball. Yeah, yep. right. And like, I know it's not perfect, but that's kind of like part of what's so cute. Like, you know, a fan jumps up on stage and she's so delighted that the fan is there that she's like, don't worry, leave them, let them be there. And then like, she messes up the song because she's like too worried about trying to let the fans stay. And I was just like, oh my God, this is all so adorable. And like, and um, there's another one where she's on a radio station, KXEP, KEXP radio or something. Yes. Like sitting on the floor of the studio and she's like surrounded by like, all of her little like delay pedals and like your mm-hmm. keyboard and everything else. And it's all just like really raw and she's like super humble and super sweet. And even now there's the odd little mess up, but it's like, it's 
almost endearing because she's doing all of that herself. And like when you make electronic music and you started making it electronically and you never played instruments, it's a bit like getting the digital drawing pad, right? Versus analog drawing. It's like, as soon as you have that, you can edit things. So you play a melody, it's not right. You just keep playing it until it is right. And then you've got the perfect melody, great. But that's completely different than from playing it live. And she was able to then go and learn all those pieces well enough on the piano that she can then play them live or the bits on the guitar or whatever else that then she can be this like little genie on stage like playing all these different things at once while singing and everything and and i just find it all so impressive that if there's like a tiny little mess up i'm just like oh yeah <laughs> i miss this grimes don't you i wish yeah. you know included with her dj sets maybe she'd sing some of her songs live in the mix with it. I don't know, you know? Yeah. I just miss that part of her that she used to share with her fans. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was really, just really sweet and really endearing. Yeah. Like you said, Mm -hmm. she's a one-woman show, and I think I forget to acknowledge that from time to time, that she does everything. Mm -hmm. And even though she's branched out a little bit, I know that her team is very small. And so it's still a lot of her creative direction, and I hope we continue to, to see that from her. Yeah, me too. And as much as everyone's excited about book one, I'm also super excited about the dark, um, what is it, Nightcore album that she wants to bring out as well. <laughs> the 35 be... long. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited for anything, really, you know, yeah. and no, ru- we're, we don't want to rush her. No, totally. We want, you know, because I, I, I don't know if it was an article or an actual interview where she was talking about, um, other artists who are like okay that album took three years this album took three years like why is there so much pressure on me to put something out immediately um after she she did visions how long Mm. did she take with visions jen when we talked about it at the last podcast it was like a very short amount of time she had to turn that out it only have been about a year because she had dark bloom out in like a year before that ep that she did with that dude dion or something yeah about a year before i think yeah, so we, uh, we DM'd him. Quick, quick interruption of MK. We DM'd Dion. We have not heard back. <laughs> we have to <laughs> <be> on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh my god, I hope he gets back to you. That would be so cool. We I, th- I thought so too, but yeah. you know. Sorry, MK, for the interruption. No, it's, uh, no, no. no thank you for interrupting. Anyway. <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I just. I, mi- I miss that Grimes that she used to share. I feel like I'm always bringing that up. You know, I. I love the DJ sets, but I miss seeing her share her raw artist experiences. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping if there is a tour with book one, I don't know if she'll ever tour again, that she'll actually be singing live and we could yeah. all go see her. Yeah, totally. I saw her in 2015, I think it was, when I was living in Bristol. And that was great because she was way before Elon and so not that many people knew who she was, which means that the venue was quite small and like relatively intimate. And it was really cool. And like just before it ended, like she was like last tune or whatever. And I was like to my friend, oh my God, we have to run out the back because she's going to get in the bus straight away. And I want to be in front of the bus in case she comes out. I didn't see her. And I was just, I was totally geeking out. I was like, I love it. I love you. I love you. Yeah. Oh, that would be us. And I've heard from another fan, somebody DM'd me like a year ago and they had seen her the same time you had, but differently, they were ashamed of themselves because they had stood outside her bus waiting for like two hours after security was like, 
she's not coming back out like she's done for the night uh, and they stood out there and waited and i'm like that would have been me too like that would have been me as well yeah yeah. come on like i'm not <laughs> creepy i, just, I, just wait I promise back. yeah totally not creepy totally nice swear uh, just want to say hi right yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm, yeah. I'm jealous you got to see her live because what I've read recently from people who have been to her DJ shows, first off, I'm like MK, where there's a reason why in that um, TikTok that I did, the only TikTok that I've ever done, I said something about um, she's DJing now. Is that what we're doing now? Because that seems like, like, is this the new thing? Like, are we not going to perform live anymore? And mm. I read from some of the people that went to the festivals that it was like, herding cattle to get to Grimes because she was so popular that they either didn't get to be in the venue space due to crowd control or it was just like so packed that that it was difficult to even see her and I'm like man like when you saw her was the time to go yeah best tour ever in my opinion did you see Linda one of the dancers um I can't remember who was on stage with her and I can't remember who her support was either, which is terrible. I don't know if that tour was with Hannah or with somebody else. Um, Linda's the one that you were interviewing last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that was really cool. She seems super nice. Um, yeah, what a dream. Imagine getting to tour with Grimes. Ah. Yeah, and, and like, everybody says amazing things about her. Like that yeah. she's yeah. humble and sweet, takes care of her people. And you can see that in the performances too. She thanks everybody, is like does stops the show to make shout outs to the people involved. Like yeah, she know, just cute, seems right? super duper, super duper professional. Yeah. Yeah. Totally and agree. It must have been so cool for Linda. I, I think I didn't realize how young Linda was, MK, when we reached out to her. Yeah. I didn't expect her to be what, 28? Yeah, she's super, yeah. super young. Yeah, I don't know why that su- surprised me. I think I thought that that tour was like further, uh, like in the past than I thought it was. But um, yeah. she was really sweet to talk to, and I can't imagine what it's like. You tour with Grimes before Grimes really even hit her peak, and then all of a sudden now you see that she's exploding, and it must be so fun to be part of that. Of oh yeah, I'm in her history, and I danced for her one time. That must be really interesting. Yeah, like yeah, can it, totally. you know, like you're in her videos, you're on the tour, like lo- t- constant live shows, like all over YouTube. Like that's kind of what I found first, that tour, or like there's mm-hmm. so many videos of that tour. Um, yeah. Just incredible. We finally got to interview an old school crimes fan. <laughs> We've so been waiting. Excited. Yeah. Waiting. Yeah, I'm surprised actually. I really, I, I thought there was more of us out there. No, there is. <laughs> I think that everybody should join the crew. It's a great crew to be a part of. And how nice is this community as well? Like, because I think you guys have had such nice people on here, right? So I've reached out to a few people after, like, the, I've heard the podcast, and everybody is just so lovely. Like, what a nice community and fan base here. It's so great. It's- super lovely and i think the reason why we haven't found many old school grimes fans is because everybody's now a grown adult and so like you said kate like it's so hard when you don't have like your own like hobby or your own community to be involved in with the grimes community and so the ones who do reach out to me that are like the old school ones are like living their adult life and just aren't online as much and i'm like come on i don't care that you're like 45 46 like exactly get back here (laughs) like you want to be on the page yeah, yeah, like, like come on, we're super fun. So it, it, we've been waiting to talk to somebody because everybody MK and I talk to, including us, it's like, oh yeah, we found her in the misanthropocene era. Everybody says COVID. that. 
Yeah, COVID. like during COVID too. It's like yeah. unbelievable how many people found her during COVID. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter how they did, but as long as they did. Yeah. That's what matters. As long as I did. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the love to the life, you know? Like, put a little song on in the morning, have a little dance, get the good vibes going. Yeah. Yes. Every day. Nice. My husband can't stand it, but I do it anyways. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> What's your favorite song? Oh, it changes, right? Like, I feel like there's songs that I didn't really get into at first that like I like now it kind of comes back around. A good example of that would be Genesis. I was mm -hmm. more of an oblivion okay. person yeah, from yeah. that album. And then now I'm like, I listen to that song. It changes. Like I, I, I shift which era and which type of song I like, you know, it, I mean, my go-tos are obviously like, I, I'm art angels, like ride, that's my ride or die. Yeah, okay. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I can listen to it back and forth and I listen to it while I work, work out, do everything with that yeah, album. It's a good album. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite song? Ooh. So I, I don't know. It's, it's really, that is a really hard question. Right? And, yeah. <laughs> so I'd say if I'm like, I mean, if I, yeah. Like, sorry. Today. Much today. Let's say today. Head. What okay, Crystal today? Ball today. Crystal Ball, oh, which is actually from The one. Dark Bloom. Like, it's super old, like 2011, right? But um, I thought that was, like, a lovely song. And I love Vanessa from The the Dark Bloom as well. I think there's something, like, really, like, fresh about that song. Just, mm -hmm. like, really reduced and stripped back and playful and sweet. So I really like that as well. And Genesis and Oblivion, because it's the kind of time, like, the founder it always just as soon as I put those on I get transported back into that place and I love that feeling you know that the memories that come with the song as well that you can just suddenly be back in another place like thinking ah uh, yeah yeah reminiscing uh, we all know Jen's favorite song <laughs> Bolivian yeah. and it's funny that you say that because yeah same as, as as what you just mentioned Kate about being transported back and that was not one of the first songs I found of hers but you know when you find a song that's so good that you play it so many times until you're sick of it but yep. it's like all you listen to for yep. a couple weeks I mean really yeah. and that was when I found just Grimes repeat I, and repeat and repeat yeah. over and mm -hmm. you can't like can't get enough it like touches something in your brain and mm -hmm. yeah. um I found Misanthropocene first um I was studying I was in grad school and I was studying for like my finals and like my licensing board exams um at the end of my master's degree and I needed to just like put on something and that's actually how I found Miss Anthropocene but then I started looking through her other stuff and it's so cool when you find an artist and you're like I like their whole discography give like, me more yeah, yeah and Oblivion was like the one I found right after I listened to Miss Anthropocene and like on repeat constantly yeah. the last couple months of my grad school experience so like that's what I think of like the day I graduated I had it on in the car driving to graduation and I will never get that out of my brain. Thank you, Claire. So Yeah, nice. She's great. She's yeah, awesome. totally. And like you said, this this community is is great and that's how I met you and you were so sweet to come on. I saw that you did NFTs and I've been following your page for forever and I was like, I like that and I like that and I like that <laughs> one. And I was so thrilled that you said that you would come on. And we appreciate you so much because MK and I knew nothing and you gave such a great breakdown. Okay, of cool. what NFTs are. I mean, that was perfect. Good. Yeah, I'm going to go yeah. try to explain it to enough. my husband. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah. 
yeah oh well thank you so much like you guys are amazing and yeah Aww. i can't wait for for more and yeah just thank you so much for having me good we're glad that you you joined us um thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of what's up grimes with mk and myself we will be back later in the week with more content we hope you guys have an awesome night or day depending on where you're listening and what time you're listening (laughs) bye guys bye